Welcome to the Finding a Job Podcast, a Ben J. Schaap LLC production. In this podcast, we share the stories of world-class business leaders as they discuss their professional journeys, job search strategies, and tactics that have led them to career success. If you're looking to find a fulfilling, well-paying career path, this podcast will unearth the tools and tips you need to expedite your learning curve and avoid common roadblocks that face people entering the working world. Now here's the host of the Finding a Job podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Finding a Job podcast. Today we're going to reveal some of the practical job search tips and strategies you need to land a great first job. Joining us is Leslie Mittler, who is the co-host of the Finding a Job podcast and a career coach and co-founder of Early Stage Careers. Leslie's company is a service that helps college students bridge the gap between their education and their first job. And today, Leslie and I are going to talk about how and why you should write cover letters. Okay, here's my conversation with Leslie Mittler, career coach and co-founder of Early Stage Careers. Leslie, welcome back to the Finding a Job podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to talk about this week's topic. So last week we talked about resumes and we went into a lot of detail about how to craft your story and what you should be putting on your resumes. And today we're going to talk about the other document that you normally need to produce to apply for a job, which is cover letters. Let's talk about why cover letters are important and what you need to know about them. What's the purpose of a cover letter? Well, the purpose of a cover letter is to give a company, a hiring manager, more information about who you are, to reveal a little bit about your personality, to be able to address things that you couldn't put on your resume, but would be able to include in a cover letter because it's more of a narrative. That side benefit of a well-written cover letter is that it helps you to demonstrate strong communication skills and shows your creativity. Yeah, I think of a cover letter as something that allows you to express yourself, right? It shows your personality and helps you articulate why you're interested in the specific job as opposed to what you've done and what your experience is. So this is an opportunity for you to sell yourself. And specifically, Leslie, one of the things you pointed out is that this is probably something that's going to be read by the hiring manager When you think about putting your cover letters together and you're trying to write a message that's attractive to a hiring manager, what do you need to think about and what are the chances that they actually read the thing? Well, you know, that's really personal. I've talked to some hiring managers that say they read a cover letter before they read a resume. I've talked to others who just kind of scan over the cover letter. So you never know. But what I always say to people is anything that has your name on it, you have to assume that it has to be the best product possible. So I think it's really important to make sure that in your cover letter, you think about the fact that this could be the difference between somebody wanting to meet you and not meet you by the amount of thought and effort you put into your cover letter. One of the things that I do, and and people often don't know where to start with a cover letter. I'm not talking about format or things like that, but how do you actually start thinking about what information you want to share? So I think the best place to start is to have a copy of the job description and read through the job description, circle the keywords circle the key qualifications that you're looking for. And that should start to give you some of the basis and the foundation 
for how you're going to approach your cover letter to make sure that it's relevant to the person who's looking to hire you. So I think that's an important call out that, you know, when you're thinking about putting your cover letter together, you need to match it to the specific job that you're applying for. Leslie, let's talk about your goals for the cover letter. You want to outline your story. You're going to tell your voice and you can give information outside of your resumes. When you're putting the cover letter together, what are you trying to accomplish? Well, you can almost think about it as a way to prepare yourself for the interview. In other words, you're trying to present yourself as the most viable candidate for this job and to make sure that anyone who reads the cover letter sees the relevance of your skills and your experience to the job qualifications and the kind of person that they're looking to hire. So you're trying to articulate who you are and you're putting your story together that is specific to this job and you're getting an opportunity to get your message out specifically to the person that you'd be working for. So as you think about formatting your cover letter, this is a very subjective topic. How are you going to articulate who you are, why you're a good fit for the job, why you're interested in the company? Tell me about the way that you advise your clients to put their cover letters together. Well, one of the things to me that's important is that there's kind of a branding between the resume and the cover letter. And so what I mean by that is that whatever font you used on your resume, you should use on your cover letter. One of the things that I think that makes a cover letter look more complete is if you cut and paste the information from the top of your resume, name, address, contact information, et cetera, and put that on your cover letter. And it almost looks like a letterhead. A few other things people get stumped on who to address the cover letter to. So sometimes you'll see that there is an actual hiring manager who's mentioned in a LinkedIn post, or it'll say the job reports to this person, or it'll give you an email address of an individual as opposed to just sort of a box email address like info at. And so then you want to address your cover letter, you know, dear... Mr. or Mrs. or Ms. or whatever the name of the person is who's going to be doing the hiring. But in most cases, you don't have that information and people don't really know what to do. So the way that I don't suggest starting this is to whom it may concern. The way I do suggest starting your salutation is dear hiring manager or dear recruiting manager. The cover letter should have about three to four paragraphs. They shouldn't be too long. There should be enough white space between them. It should be easy on the eye, very easy to read. The margin shouldn't be too small. And actually, if you mirror the margins that you have on your resume, you'll probably have two documents that look like they go together. So I think that, you know, we're talking about formatting here and a couple of the key points are you want to match it to your resume so they look good together, right? So you can sort of come with a unified front when it comes to matching your resume to your cover letter. Show that you've put some thought into the formatting. In terms of the content of the cover letter, you're not writing a book here. You're writing a very short business professional letter to the person that would hire you trying to introduce yourself Let's talk a little bit more about the body content. Once you've figured out your heading and your salutation, what are you actually putting into each of the paragraphs that you mentioned? Well, your first paragraph is going to be short. It's going to introduce you. Most people just feel more comfortable you know, introducing themselves than the jobs that they're applying for, which is not an exciting way to open a cover letter, but certainly acceptable if you have something punchy that you can say, if you're more of a creative 
you should show a little bit more creativity in that first paragraph and getting somebody to think, oh, this is going to be interesting. I'm going to keep reading. But if you can't, don't try to come up with the wrong thing. Also, really important, if you have been referred to that company by somebody who works there or by somebody whose name is known to them, you should mention that in the first sentence and preferably at the beginning of the first sentence. But I will caution you that you should only use names of people in your cover letter that know that you're going to be using their name as a reference. You should never use the name of somebody without first letting them know that you are including their name in your cover letter. So I think that's an important call out that if you're going to reference someone in your cover letter, you need to communicate that to them and get their consent before. Because the worst thing you can do is say you were referred to somebody that you know, and the hiring manager goes and says, hey, did you actually refer this person? They're like, I haven't talked to them in a while. You want to make sure that the referral is going to confirm that they are helping you try to get this job. So I think if I had to quickly summarize what you're saying in my first paragraph, Leslie, let's say I'm writing a cover letter for you. Hello, Mrs. Mittler. I am interested in the marketing job that you have posted for early stage careers because Jacob Billings referred me to this open opportunity. I am a marketer with 15 plus years experience working at early stage startups and as an independent marketing consultant, right? I've not only said what job I'm applying for, I've said who referred me, and then I've given a little bit of an introduction about myself. Pick that apart for me. Well, there isn't too much wrong with that, except that I think I would put Jacob's name in the first line of the cover letter as close to the beginning of the first sentence as possible. You know, at the suggestion of Jacob Billings, I am submitting my resume for might be one way you could start it. Yeah, to me, I wonder if what the strength of the referral is. If you think that putting your best foot forward is the referral, right, it's a direct connection to the hiring manager, that should go first. If you have someone who is loosely related and the the hiring manager might not know, I might push that a little bit farther down. And again, this is something that is relatively subjective. You need to figure out your voice when you're putting this together. As we move beyond that first paragraph, what else do you need to get across now that you've figured out and described who you are and who's referring you to this job? Well, I like to see in the next paragraph why you're excited about the position and why you would be a good fit for this specific role. So whatever it is that attracted you to this position and whatever you think that would be important to highlight about your previous experience as it relates to this role could go in this paragraph. It's really, you know, pretty subjective, except that what you're basing this around is your excitement for the position. So I'm going to take a crack at this second paragraph. I've already got across the point that I'm writing to Leslie and I've talked about who I am and some of my experience. I'm keenly interested in this job because you've specified that you're looking for someone with performance marketing and brand development skills. And I've spent the majority of my career developing those skills specifically when I worked at Ben J. Shap LLC as an independent marketing consultant helping early and growth stage companies. So I've got across the point of not only why I'm excited, but I'm showing what the things that the company has specified that they're looking for and given myself an opportunity to talk about which specific experience makes me qualified for this. Leslie, pick that apart for me. Okay. I think that that sounds very good. 
The only thing that I would add to that is something that we haven't discussed yet. So I would follow that up with, and I have built the following relevant skills, semicolon. And from there, and this is, again, very subjective how you write a cover letter, but I have found this format to be very successful. From there, you're going to delineate three bullet points that most likely will talk to your soft skills. And those are the soft skills that you will find in the cover letter. So it could be communication skills. It could be organizational skills. It could be attention to detail. It could be specific technology skills. And for each of those bullet points, you're going to give one example of something that you've done that demonstrates your proficiency in that skill. Now, the thing about using this method is that generally those kinds of soft skills can be repeated in every cover letter that you do so that it makes this part of the cover letter something that you can build around in every cover letter that you customize because no two cover letters should look the same. I think of this as a guide to how to read your resume. You've specified as the hiring manager that you're looking for someone that can do A, B, and C. And I'm trying to get across that when you're looking for somebody that can do A, when you look at my resume, I have this bullet. When you're looking for B, I have that bullet. When you're looking for C, there's this other bullet over here. That's why I'm a fit for your company. So what you're trying to do is match up the things that the hiring manager has specified that they're looking for with experience. It's a roadmap for how to distinguish your resume from somebody else's. As you move along your cover letter and you've talked about why you're excited about the positions and what experiences, skill, and skills you have, what else do you need to accomplish in your cover letter? I think following this articulation of your skills, the last paragraph is why you're excited about the company. And I really recommend that you do your research before you write this paragraph. Not only look at the website, Google the company. Are they doing something? Are they expanding internationally? Are they getting into new products? Have they had a recent acquisition? Something that shows that you're interested in the organization beyond what you may be able to find on the website. That being said, you can also go to the website and look at their press page and see if you find anything interesting. But usually I like to Google the organization and just read a little bit about them. First of all, because it gives you a little context. And secondly, because it shows that you took the time to do more than look at their website and read the About tab. Yeah, I think that this is really important for showing that you've done your homework. I'll take a stab at you know what I might put on my cover letter. More than anything, I'm specifically excited in finding a role at early stage career because I believe in the mission that you're trying to accomplish, which is helping early careerists find their first job. And I'm specifically excited to help the company expand as it goes from focusing on finding internships for helping college students find full-time employment. Leslie, how'd I do? I think you did well. I think you might want to say why you find the mission to be particularly compelling or important. You know, maybe it was as a college student, when I was entering the job market, I found that I was really lacking in guidance and advice. And maybe I would have found a more direct route to my current career if I had been a little more proactive at the beginning of the process and had more information. Okay. So you got to get across the point, not only that you're paying attention to what the company is doing, but articulating why it is a fit for you and why it would make you excited to work for the company. What's the right way to end your cover letter? 
I always like to have a call to action, you know, something that summarizes or stipulates that you're motivated, that you're committed, that you're excited about their mission, and you would be very excited to have the opportunity to speak with them personally and share with them your interest and experience that's relevant to the position they're trying to fill. I wouldn't put it in those exact words, but that's the sentiment that you're trying to get across. And one thing that I would also like to say, because I think this is a real buzzkill at the end of a well-written cover letter, is that people will often put in the text of the cover letter, you can reach me at, and here's my email address, which is exactly why I'm suggesting you cut and paste that information from your resume at the top of the cover letter so that you don't put it in the cover letter. Whenever I read that, it kind of takes me away from the message of the messaging of the cover letter. Yeah, I think the important thing to think about here is that this is your last opportunity to express your excitement for the role and for the organization, and also to talk about what you're hoping to accomplish by writing the cover letter. So I might write something to the extent of, I'm tremendously excited about this role and the organization that you've built and hope we're able to connect for an interview and would welcome an opportunity to speak with you in person in an interview or an informal setting. Thanks for your consideration, Benjamin Shapiro. Exactly. I think that's a great way to end the cover letter. It feels like a call to action. It feels like something that I would want to follow up and have a conversation with you. I'm glad after 15 years plus of career experience, I can finally write the end of a cover letter successfully. Let's talk a little bit about the do's and don'ts for cover letters. When you're putting your cover letter together, now that we have kind of a standard format that we advise you follow, what are some of the things that you should be doing? Well, one of the most important things is to make sure that you very carefully prove the cover letter make sure that the information in that cover letter is the information that relates to that company because you may be repurposing a previous cover letter, but remember that you need to edit why you're interested in that job. Make sure you get the job title right and why you're interested in the company. So I've read cover letters where people have written a really great cover letter and then they say they're so excited to be applying to a job at IBM, but they're really applying to GE. (laughs) So that kind of error could just take you out of the running. So you need to be really careful. And because when you write a cover letter or when you write anything that's sort of lengthy and that you're invested in, sometimes the words that you see are the words that you want to see and not necessarily what's on the paper. So I really suggest maybe putting it down for a few minutes and then picking it up or reading it out loud. So I think the first thing that I'd say on the do's list is, first off, when you're writing a cover letter, you should do it. A lot of the times people will say that cover letters are optional. There's no reason why you shouldn't spend the extra few minutes, few hours to write a cover letter. But if you're going to do it, you need to make sure that you're organized, that the cover letter is easy to read, that you're customizing it for the job. And if you're going to do that, as Leslie said, you need to make sure that you're proofreading. And this is a place where you can get another set of eyes, ask your mom and dad, somebody else in your school, one of your classmates to go and read the cover letter for you to make sure that, you know, sometimes when you're reusing the same format, you just assume that you've got everything edited and done right. You just skim over it. It's really helpful to have another set of eyes to make sure that you're getting everything right. With that said, Leslie, what are some of the the don'ts? What shouldn't you be doing on a cover letter? Well, you you shouldn't be repeating everything that you have on your resume. 
and it shouldn't look like your resume. You should read the directions carefully because sometimes they'll just say attach a cover letter, but sometimes they'll be very specific about what they want the content of the cover letter to to be. And in those cases, you really need to read carefully what they're looking for. And you may have to write a completely different letter for that particular organization. The other thing that I think could be helpful, I've seen lately where some companies have said, and please attach a brief cover letter. So what I've been suggesting lately is to have two cover letters, one that's more extensive, as in the format that we previously discussed, and maybe one that's just three short paragraphs without all the detail in terms of the specific skills and how you've demonstrated those skills. Because when they say brief, they don't mean send me whatever you want, and you want to show that you can follow instructions. The things that I have on my list is, you know, as Leslie said, sometimes you're going to have to do a brief cover letter under no circumstances should your cover letter be more than one page. And if you're going to keep your cover letter short and to the point, you want to make sure that you don't have extensive long paragraphs, right? You're going to be brief. You are highlighting your story. You are summarizing. And as Leslie said, you don't copy and paste your resume bullets. You are basically just pointing to the specific resume bullet that you want the hiring manager to be aware of when they do skim through your resume. And at the end of the day, you know, you're likely not going to be recreating the wheel here. So if you're going to be modifying a cover letter that you've used before, just make sure you proofread. Don't submit a cover letter with errors. You need to make sure that your grammar is correct, that you're addressing it to the right person, the right company, the right role, and that the things that you are saying that you are, the, and the, the bullets that you're pointing to on your resume are relevant to the ones that are in the specific job that you're applying to. Leslie, last question that I have for you. You mentioned sometimes it's worth having two cover letters, a short one and a standard one that's closer to a page in length. Often there is a formal HR requested cover letter, and then sometimes you're reaching out to a person who is the hiring manager or you're doing networking. How do you think about using your cover letter when you're not submitting a document through the HR tool and system, but you're actually reaching out to somebody either via email or LinkedIn? Is there a way to modify the way that you're packaging yourself to be appropriate for networking? Well, in my mind, I think that these are very different kinds of forms of communication. To me, when you're reaching out to somebody on LinkedIn, and you know, usually there is some sort of character limit, but basically what you just want to get this person to do is to make a connection with you and hopefully offer to have a conversation with you. So if you give them too much information, they're not as likely to react as if you just give them a little bit of information and see if you can get them to engage in some sort of communication with you, hopefully on the phone or a more extensive email communication. But I really do think you want to keep the networking emails short and punchy and The idea is just to get a conversation with them where you can tell them what you want them to know about you. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to read the room a little bit here and understand the strength of the referral that you have when you're writing an email to someone asking for a conversation or an interview. I think that a lot of the general themes from your cover letter are going to be taken. If I was writing an email asking for an interview It would be, hi, person's name, I am interested in the role that you have, 
which I was referred to by person I was referred to. I'm specifically interested because of, you know, you're looking for A, B, and C, and I feel like I have that relevant experience. Here's some of the things that I've done. I'd welcome an opportunity to have a conversation with you about the role. You're basically writing one sentence instead of one paragraph for each of the things that you're trying to accomplish. But a lot of the overall format and what you're including in your networking email is going to be similar. You're just putting one sentence per each section. I think that makes a lot of sense. And you also have to keep in mind the person that you're contacting. If you're contacting somebody who's in a hiring capacity, you're probably going to share different information than you would share if you're contacting somebody who is a peer, somebody who is an alum of your school and who's within a couple of years of your age. So you've got to read the audience and figure out how are you going to make the connection with this person so that they'll want to take it to the next level. So at the end of the day, the cover letter is a more formal way for you to get your story across. And there are multiple ways that you can write your cover letter. But we have a format that we think is useful for you to tell your story in an appropriate fashion. Leslie, any last words on tips for writing an effective cover letter? Well, I think that to the extent that you can, it would be great to be able to share a piece of memorable information. So for example, I was reading a cover letter recently where somebody was looking for roles in the art world. And they said, you know, since the age of four, you know, my grandmother took me to all of the museums on the Upper East Side of New York City. And that was where I started to gain my love and appreciation for art. And it seemed very personal and memorable. And it made me want to read the story further. So I think to the extent that you can add some little personal detail that might be memorable and tell a little bit of your story that might be a little charming or engaging for somebody who's reading the email, that might be a really good thing. Okay, great advice. And that wraps up this episode of the Finding a Job podcast. Thanks to Leslie Mittler, the co-founder and career coach at Early Stage Careers for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Leslie, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet at Early Stage Careers, E-A-R-L-Y-S-T-G Careers, C-A-R-E-E-R-S. Or you can visit her company website, which is earlystagecareers.com. A couple of links in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to fajpod.com, which stands for findingajobpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and the contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the Finding a Job podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We would love to hear from you. So we created faj.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your interview questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is fajpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a regular stream of interview and job search tips in your podcast feed, we're going to publish multiple episodes during the week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed soon. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to keep networking and stay positive. 